Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 37. I'm just going to double G. Yep, even though I just checked it eight seconds ago, I already blacked out and forgot. So, on this episode, we are going to be talking about obviously the massive trade that the Toronto Maple Leafs did. The trade that no one gives a shit about that the Rangers made. Got to talk about uh, the success of the recent Leaf trade, so obviously we're going to be talking a lot about that trade. Is Barzell going to be out for the rest of the season? What about Timo Meyer? Where is this guy going to land? And what about Patrick Kane? Where is this go- guy going to land? Is he going to land somewhere? Well, we're going to talk about it in this episode, and we're going straight to Leaf shit, bro. We got to go straight to the Leaf stuff. I know I know we don't I don't usually do this but I mean it's the biggest news of the week I mean come on so the big trade that goes down the Leafs acquire Ryan O'Reilly 50% retained plus 25% retained so all in all we'll just skip through all of that stuff it comes down to Ryan O'Reilly right now on the Toronto Maple Leafs is making 1.875 million dollars against the cap so that is tasty not only did they pick up Ryan O'Reilly they also added in Noel Achari and Josh Pilar so I think that is uh, underratedly uh, an amazing ad for the Toronto Maple Leafs with Noel Achari, kind of uh, a piece that they really need, especially when it comes to playoff time. So we'll talk about that. Let's just go through, okay, let's just talk about what they acquired. So obviously we got Ryan O'Reilly. This guy is a Frank J. Selke winner, one of the best defensive forwards in the game. He won the Conn Smythe in the 2019 playoffs when he won the Stanley Cup as the captain for the St. Louis Blues. I think everybody remembers that one. And uh, yeah, so obviously he's been dealing with a lot of problems this year he's been injured he had a broken foot he's been playing not so good up to his standards on a very much so struggling St. Louis Blues team and uh, yeah it it looks like that relationship is over and the Leafs made that trade and they weren't waiting for it man they weren't going to wait any longer other teams are making deals like the Rangers picking up Tarasenko so Dubas making the call, let's get this shit done right now. And they pulled the trigger on the Ryan O'Reilly trade. So he comes in. As of right now, he's been playing center, which I think is a good fit for him. We talked about this at the end of last year's playoffs with the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it looked like John Tavares was a little bit exposed in that series. He wasn't uh, really fast enough to stay up with the Tampa Bay Lightning in that series. So we talked about it in the summertime of, should we move John Tavares to the wing? Is that is it time to do that? He's getting older. It's not that he's a bad player or anything. It's just that he's never been the greatest skater. That's been known before he was drafted. He's never been the strongest skater. That's not a part of not the strongest part of his game. So now he's moved over to the wing. You got Ryan O'Reilly slotted there as the second first line center. You know what it is. It's kind of like that. The top two lines of Toronto there. I guess it is. It's the Matthews Marner line is the top line. So I guess he's technically slotting in as the second line center, which I think is really good right now. Now, People were wondering, it's like, oh, maybe they're going to ease him in to that third-line center spot, which on a Stanley Cup-winning team, you look at that center depth of Matthews, John Tavares, Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, my goodness, that's disgusting. But right now, they got him as the second-line center, John Tavares on the wing. So they kind of just solved that second-line left-wing spot because you slot in John Tavares there. Now, John Tavares has not been uh, known as a winger. He's always, he's been a, 
bona fide center in the league his whole career. He's always played center, but I don't think it's been that big of a deal for him to shift over to the left wing, obviously, because <laughs> we'll. Uh, the Buffalo game last night, I mean, Jesus Murphy, the line uh, chemistry really seemed to come alive. So I guess we'll just talk about that. So that line of centering Ryan O'Reilly, Marner on the right, and John Tavares on the left really exploded in the Buffalo game. I think it was a combined 15 points in total. Ryan O'Reilly with the hat trick and an assist. John Tavares with one goal, three assists. And Marner just on another level since that all-star break he got five assists and most of them were all-star caliber assists they were phenomenal passes and we're looking at that chemistry really coming along already so this is great news and yeah it was a little bit I don't know I wouldn't say I I thought he did good right out of the gate the first game considering all the circumstances around it uh, both he and Achari flew in right as soon as the trade went down they got to Toronto as fast as possible they had problems with getting their equipment and it was just a a a really rough situation for them to get into the game they were obviously very very tired from the flight and (laughs) you're going from the west to the east which I always say is a underrated uh, thing that is a kind of a big deal you're going from different time zones totally different schedules games are played at different times you're playing different opponents Ryan O'Reilly hasn't been in the east since he played in Buffalo Noel Achari hasn't been in the east since he played in Boston so I guess there is familiarity with it so it is what it is but regardless it was they were really tired and with that game last night against Buffalo we got to see Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari Noel Achari Nice and rested up, ready to go, a little more comfortable, got the jitters out, and wow, did it ever look fucking good last night in Buffalo. The end was a little scary, yeah, Buffalo coming back, didn't, I didn't like any of that bullshit right there, that was uh, uncomfortable, I didn't like that, but that first period was unbelievable, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly looked fantastic offensively. He's oh wow! It's uh, he's already looking very good and comfortable with Mitch Marner, and I mean that's a really I think it was the better move to put him with some of the stars on the team. You put him with Marner and Ryan or um, JT on his wing. That's a really comfortable. You know, you got Marner. He'll just put it right on your tape. All you got to do is stick your stick out. I I was gonna say something inappropriate there, but anyway. It's a, it's a good spot, and I think they're going to stick with it for now because, I mean, how can you not? After that performance in Buffalo, they look it looked magical how good they were playing. So, so far, so good with Ryan O'Reilly slotting in there. When it comes to his defensive side, that's going to be a big thing as well. I mean, the Leafs have taken another step when it comes to defense this year. It's still, I don't think it's not good enough when it comes to uh, the forwards, when it comes to their defensive uh, liabilities and stuff like that. I think the defense, the actual defense on the team has been pretty damn good, pretty damn solid overall, and the numbers say so as well. But the forwards have been <clears throat> lacking a little bit. So you bring in a, a Frank J. Selkie, winner, one of the best defensive forwards in the game, yet another phenomenal faceoff guy. The Leafs are a really strong team on the faceoff dot, and I think now they're on the same caliber as the Boston Bruins, even with Bergeron. I mean, John Tavares is one of the better guys at face-offs Matthews is really good at face-offs Ryan O'Reilly's really strong at face-offs and they have Noel Achari who is also can play center and is pretty darn good at face-offs himself David Camp you know what I'm saying so 
really good face-off depth on this team. So even when someone gets kicked out, there's probably another really solid center that can win the face-off. So the Leafs uh, really <clears throat> thrive on that. Really strong face-offs, and it's a tiny thing that maybe some people don't think is all that important, but it's immensely important that you win the face-offs, you get control of the puck. So the more often you can do that, the better, and the Leafs are set up very strongly to win very many face-offs. And they're going to be, they know they're going to be going up against really strong face-offs teams against Tampa Bay, obviously, who is waiting for us, which is just not cool. So now we got insane face-off depth. We got, I'm, I'm thinking that John Tavares on the wing. I think that is the, um, what is the, the, the solution to our problem. I think John Tavares as a second-line winger is a great spot for him. It's less responsibility, and he's already really responsive or responsible defensively. He's fantastic offensively, so it gives him even more opportunity to be more effective offensively, and that is such a threatening line, man. Like, every there's no safety there. You got Ryan O'Reilly, who is, a, who is an offensive threat. He's shown that the other night with the hat trick. John Tavares, a well-known offensive threat in the league and then Mitch Marner the magic man over there on the right wing so all in all that is just a really really deadly line looks way more deadly now with with that combination over Callie Yarncroke being there or Kerfoot or anything like that so that really makes me feel a lot more comfortable with that second line I'm good with it staying like that I mean, I wouldn't mind them playing around, maybe bringing Bunting down to that second line and try John Tavares on that top line with Matthews and Nylander, see what happens there. That could just be something fun to play around with if they're if they're down in a game, maybe you just go max out and try that out. I don't know. It could be something, but as it is right now, I don't think Sheldon Keefe is uh, inclined to do anything with that line at the moment that... <laughs> with that game last night so as it is I think they're gonna leave it so that's what that's what Ryan O'Reilly is bringing to this team so great face-offs really good defensively and we haven't even talked about that that playoff thing so that playoff thing that playoff edge that he has so he was a captain he played against the Boston Bruins and guess what he beat them in a game seven to win the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. So I think the Leafs are looking at that as, um, that's pretty tasty. That's a really nice thing to have on the resume. Something that none of the Leafs have, right? No one's beaten the Boston Bruins in Game 7 on our team. Well, now that's changed because now we got Ryan O'Reilly. And I don't know if Nola Chari, Chari was on that team at the time. He might have been on the Bruins. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Still, so he brings that edge. He was uh, the Conn Smythe winner for the Blues as the MVP for the playoffs. So you're bringing in yet another guy that has uh, a lot of playoff experience. He's got a playoff edge where he performs better in the playoffs. So they added another piece, and I, I, probably the best piece that they've added in a very long time. That's what everybody's saying. This is one of the biggest trades that the Leafs have made since Brian Leach, which... I was a little bit too young to understand. I don't even remember what that trade was. I do remember vividly Brian Leach being a Toronto Maple Leaf. I freaking love that guy. He was so awesome. But yes, this is a big ass trade for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, I don't know if it's it's this could be Dubas's Kawhi Leonard trade. We don't know yet until we get to the playoffs how this goes down. This could very well be the Kawhi Leonard trade for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And yeah, Ryan O'Reilly isn't a superstar on the level of Kawhi Leonard in uh, the NHL, but it's a different league, right? It's uh, more, it's definitely a way more team-based game than 
than the basketball. So Ryan O'Reilly brings a lot of, of great things to the team that we're missing or not only missing, but just more of what we needed as a strength. Just another guy that's uh, strong on the face-off, so it's never bad to have more of a good thing, right? So, so far so good with him, the playoff thing, so let's talk about the other piece that we brought in, in Noel Achari, and oh my god, I'm already in love with this guy, I'm gonna get his his, just, I'm gonna get a full back piece with this guy hitting someone into the boards, because, oh my god, his first game, he didn't get a point, that's fine, but he got five hits, five shots, he looked fantastic in that first game considering like i said earlier how tired they probably were that was a really impressive performance from him so nolachari i think is more like he's even more of what the Leafs needed this guy hits everything that moves he will finish every single check he is very tough to play against it's well known uh around the league and even with the Toronto Maple Leafs team because they've played this guy before he was on the Bruins when the Bruins beat the Toronto Maple Leafs and they remember how much of a pain in the ass this guy was to play against so I love this this addition into that trade when I saw his name in there as well I was like oh shit like I was a little I, I'll be honest I didn't know it I didn't remember him 100% and then I looked at it and I was like wow okay he's 510 but he's like 210 pounds I'm like okay so he's got the size he doesn't have necessarily the height but there's definitely that weight and he throws that weight around and oh my god so far so good with this guy so he gets that goal he got a goal before Ryan O'Reilly got his first goal but Damn, dude. It, I don't like not only can Nolichari bring that goal scoring capability, this guy scored 20 goals. He's scored 20 goals before. So, and the Leafs, I have to say, man, I think they have that offensive touch with a lot of guys. Uh, most guys that they bring in tend to have kind of career years with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, Galchenyuk looked really good as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, Bunting has been ridiculous ridiculous as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Giordano has been a solid Maple Leaf and so many others, right? I'm trying, I'm drawing up, like, uh, Andre Kasha looked great. David Camp <laughs> has become ridiculous as a Toronto Maple Leaf. So, and Callie Yarncroke has already had like a career year and he's been one of the most consistently, like this guy is going to score 12 goals every single year and he's already surpassed that. So the Leafs, they know how to use these guys offensively for the most part. It's been pretty good. So um, I really like what they're doing with that uh, in Nolachari. So he could bring that offensive ability, but I think the biggest thing for this guy is, oh my God, he is going to be a disaster to deal with in a seven-game series. So Tampa Bay, if we're going to a seven-game series this time around, they're going to have a Nolachari throwing five to ten hits probably per game in the playoffs. This guy is going to be nuts. He's going to be a pain in the ass to deal with, and I love that addition. So I'm super amped to have um, Nolachari and he's a good face-off guy. I don't know if they're going to use him as a face-off man. There's so much good. Like, right now, he's playing on the... Fuck, where is he playing? I think it's the fourth line right now where he's playing. And he's a good face-off man. I mean, almost everybody in that bottom six can take face-offs. Pierre Engvall can take face-offs. David Camp is a good face-off man. Nolachari could take face-offs. Who else is down there in that bottom six? I mean, Kerfoot can even take a fucking face-off. And, yeah, I think, like... The Leafs right now, it doesn't matter if Nolichari is on the fourth line, and it doesn't really matter that Kerfoot is on the fourth line. The Leafs right now are set to roll four lines, and right now they're running four lines, and all four lines are looking really effective. So I really want that bottom six to just really solidify a role, and 
that Nolachari line, if they're going to have Kerfoot and everything on there, I just want them to fucking hit everything and shut that shit down. And that third line can be an offensive-defensive shutdown line. I guess it depends who they're playing and what line they're going up against. But, oh man, so far I am in love with Nolachari. I really like that addition. So, when it comes to the future of these uh, two players on the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm really, really hoping that they're going to be able to keep both of them now i know that that's probably like really high high hopes (laughs) that's that's shooting for the stars right now if we're going to be able to keep these guys but let's just say for example we have a really nice run say they make it to the second third round maybe even that's that mm, that stanley cup final or something crazy like that i don't know let's just say though they do actually get past the first round and they show that these additions were really good and ryan o'reilly and nolichari and if dubas is able to convince them that hey if we can keep this band together for one more year because we got one more year of Matthews one more year of William Nylander before those contracts are due up so if we can get Ryan O'Reilly on a I don't I'm not saying we're gonna get a sweetheart deal like we did with Giordano but I mean he has kind of had a shitty year he is still he's still Ryan O'Reilly and yeah he he did just have a hat trick so looks like he's gonna have a pretty strong back half of the season offensively and and probably bring his uh, salary back up a little bit which I mean, maybe unfortunate for the Leafs, but if Ryan O'Reilly really wants to win another cup, he takes a little bit of a salary cut, which, I mean, it's not common for the Leafs to get guys to take salary cuts, but it happened with Giordano and Spezza and others, but if you can convince a Ryan O'Reilly or a Nolachari to take pay cuts and stay on the team, that would be phenomenal. Do I think it's going to happen? More than likely not, but it would be really wicked if we can get one of or both of them to, to remain on this team and and stick with us for another run. If, if we can go on another run, that would be amazing. If we just go on a run this year, that would be the best. So, that is what I think Nolachari brings. Fucking hits everything. Finally, that physical element that... I mean, not finally. They've definitely taken a step forward in that they've been standing up for each other. They haven't been just absolute push-arounds this year. They've been able to stand up for themselves, and I'm hoping that Nolachari is going to be that... Just that piece in the playoffs that... We were hoping that Wayne Simmons could bring, or Kyle Clifford, but we know how that went last year. There were just penalty... excuse me, penalty-taking machines. Kyle Clifford got suspended in the first game, so there isn't that trust with those two players right now, even though we love Wayne Simmons, of course, but every time that guy plays, he just takes a lot of really stupid penalties, so Nolachari should bring a better discipline than those two players, more trust, hopefully, over those two players, that he can be physical, he can be in your face, but not take stupid penalties and take stupid suspensions. As long as the referees are in a good enough mood and and they're not out to get us in the playoffs and suspend someone, because that just seems to happen every single playoff, someone on the Toronto Maple Leafs is going to get suspended. Looking at you this year, Michael Bunting, you're probably going to be the guy that gets suspended this time around. But yeah, man, Nolachari, fantastic addition. When it comes to Josh Pilar, I don't really know a whole lot about this guy. So... He's young. He's a prospect. We're just going to have to wait and see with this guy. So now that we've gotten through what the Leafs just got, let's talk about what the Leafs gave, gave up. So the St. Louis Blues acquire the 2023 first-round pick, a 23 third-round pick, which was, Ottawa, which was Ottawa's third, a 24 second, and Mikhail Abramov, oh, and Adam Gaudet. So Adam Gaudet was a depth center 
St. Louis is more than likely going to be using him on their roster as a replacement for Ryan O'Reilly. They're set for a full-on tank now for the rest of the season. They're going to suck ace. They got rid of Tarasenko. They got rid of Ryan O'Reilly. We'll talk a little bit more about St. Louis in a little bit. But uh, Abramov was uh, kind of the big prospect piece that St. Louis acquired. So he was a first-round pick from the Toronto Maple Leafs. I believe it was last year, two years ago. Not too long ago, anyway. And yeah, at the time when he was drafted, it looked like, oh, this guy could be one of the better offensive players in this draft. He could potentially be a steal. He was one of the smaller, skilled guys that Dubas really likes to draft. That kind of slipped down a little bit because of their size, kind of like a Debrincat guy. I'm not saying this guy's going to be Debrincat or anything, but he's a young prospect with some good top six upside. So the Leafs are giving that up. I'm totally fine with them giving that up. Abramov is not going to be in this lineup playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs anytime soon. He was dealing with that health issue. I'm sorry, I can't remember what that was, if it was the the tumor or something. It's definitely, it's a health issue. So it's not, it's a thing. So there is that. He is recovering from that, but uh, he hasn't been playing. So the Leafs are giving up that, which, again, is is totally it takes makes a lot of sense for both sides. St. Louis looks like they're going into a rebuild, retool situation. So they're getting a young prospect. Makes sense. They're getting the first-round pick for this season. Makes sense. It's probably going to be a, a later first, which is fine. Uh, I know that it, it really doesn't matter. It's not like that was going to be a first-round pick anyway for the Leafs. Dubas was going to trade down. It was going to become a second and, like, a fourth or something. We all know that was coming. So it it's not that big. It's what you have to do, man. Look at Tampa Bay. They do it year after year. They sacrifice the first-round picks, which are basically second-round picks, and they get what they need. They go out and just fucking do what you need to do, and it looks like that's what the Leafs are doing this time around. So, yes, you're giving up a potentially top-six prospect here in Abramov, giving up Adam Gaudet, a depth center who wasn't playing on the team. And then, yes, you're giving up quite a bit of picks. So no no third and no first, uh, even though, yes, I know this this draft, we've all talked about how deep this draft is supposed to be. And yeah, you're very good chance that Dubas would find a gem there in that first or second round, and he would be a player for us in the future, not in the near future, though. So I'm totally good with them giving up Abramov. The big thing is that the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't give up anybody off their roster, their playing roster, and they didn't give up Matthew Nice. So that is key. I don't know if they're going to end up trading Matthew Nice. He's still, you know, I know they say he's pretty much off the table. They're not going to trade him, which I'm good with. I would prefer them to keep keep um keep Nice, but if if they are able to get Timo Meyer and Nyes is the thing that they give up. I'd be totally fine with that because Timo Meyer is what is better than what Matthew Nyes is ever going to be. I would say safely, so I would take that in a heartbeat. That's just my opinion. So, uh, but that's not the trade. That's a theoretical trade. Back to the real trade. So yeah, they're giving up the picks, which again i'm i'm fine with it totally makes sense the leafs have to go in on this season and picking up those two pieces i think are perfect uh it makes a lot of sense for them and it makes sense for um the st louis blues they're getting a lot of picks they have three first round picks now for this season their own new york's and the leafs so they're doing a good job they're stacking up pretty good for this draft which again is supposed to be fairly deep and everyone keeps talking about that so looks good and obviously you get the retention and then the minnesota factor so 
they get involved to um, acquire some more salary. They end up picking up a fourth round pick in the 2025 draft. So thank you, Minnesota. Thank you for taking on even more of that salary. It just, you, I mean, that just looks so good on the cap friendly page. You got Ryan O'Reilly at 1.875 and whew, I mean, I'm good with that. If even for example, if the Leafs could re-sign Ryan O'Reilly next season for under $2 million, would you be cool with that? I would be super duper cool with that. If Ryan O'Reilly, even if he takes a step back and he goes out of the top six and falls into that third line center. Oh man, a Ryan O'Reilly for under 2 million. I'm down with that. Sign him for two years into it. Super into that. And, and Achari, if you get them both for under two a piece, Oh, I'm into it. I'm super duper into it. So that's the trade, man. I'm down with it for, for both sides. Makes a lot of sense. Even Minnesota. I mean, why not? For some reason they have salary cap that they can take on. So they, they did that and they pick up a force. So, I mean, you want, why not pick up as many assets as you can. That's just good asset management, I guess, from Bill Guerin. So good for him. And um, yeah, so the other part uh, of the Leafs during this trade deadline area that is interesting is that apparently they were in on Tyler Bertuzzi, which there's been rumors going around for a couple of years now with the Leafs and Tyler Bertuzzi. Apparently they were in on him when Detroit wasn't really sure what they were doing with him, but now Detroit just decided, oh, we're going to go on a little bit of a run here. So they started playing really good. So they took him off the table, but uh, apparently the Leafs were very interested in him. So again, that would have been a really good piece. That would have been uh kind of a Nolachari, but with a better offensive upside and who knows maybe there would have been another piece added in that with the Detroit Red Wings I don't know what other player they would have picked up but Dubas likes to do uh one-stop shopping as Steve Dangle likes to put it he likes to pick up two pieces or just pick up whatever he wants he wants to do it in one spot which yeah I mean makes sense you could probably get a better deal if you're adding in kind of like um you know, uh, buy three, get one free or something like that. But yeah, man, it's, um, I like it, man. I really do like it. I like the trade a lot. And, um, I guess with that, okay, let's just talk about the rest of the leaf stuff before we move on to, uh, some of the other news in the league. I'm just trying to find my shit. There we go. So we got, we got a milestone for Morgan Riley. Oh my god. So he hits 400 points. Good job Morgan Riley. Congrats to you. And um yeah, man. I I love Morgan Riley. He's my boy. He's been here. He's been he's seen some shit with this team, man. He's been through all of the hard times with the Toronto Maple Leafs and I want more than anything for this guy to finally see the second round and um for everyone to cool the fuck off off of Morgan Riley just get off of his back he's good man and actually like I was looking at Cat Friendly and I'm looking at Morgan Riley's deal and yeah it's a little scary because it's super long but if the cap does go up which apparently it may not go up there's a potential for that because Bally Sports is going out of business or going bankrupt. And that is a fairly large revenue gain for the NHL. So there's a potential that actually the, the salary cap may not go up as much as we were expecting it to go up in a few years. But we'll just kind of have to wait and see. So that's out there uh, that Bally Sports is closing down. But $7 million for Morgan Riley or 7.5 or whatever it is. Actually, I think it's not actually that bad when you look at Darnell Nurse is making nine. You're looking at Wierenski, who's making nine. Seth Jones, who's making nine. 
Yeah, I think with Morgan Riley, with all that experience he has, I think this year is just a chalk it up to injuries, man. I think he's still a really good player. And yeah, that contract's probably going to look a little greasy towards the end where he gets a bit older and worn down. But I think Morgan Riley, in the later years, he's going to bring that leadership he's a he's a leader for this team he's been, if he stays here his whole career will be a lifelong leaf he'll bring all that experience to some of the younger guys like Lilligren, Sandine and whoever else they draft and bring up throughout the years and Morgan Riley's going to be the guy to talk to he's like oh yeah I've been through all the media I've been through all the ups and downs with this team so I think he's just going to be a fantastic veteran for the Maple Leafs and I want him I'm going to be I'll be totally happy if he stays the whole time but that's 400 points for him, and he can very well go down as the highest scoring Leafs defenseman of all time. I, I would have to, I would have to double check that, but he's definitely one of the best of all time. So congratulations, Morgan Riley. And yeah, that's about all the Leaf news. But let's talk. Let's go through some of the games. So let's. Uh, so Toronto beat Chicago five to two. It was a really just. <laughs> it was a hard game to watch. Chicago was absolutely terrible. It looked like pond hockey at times. So good win there for the Leafs. And then they beat the crap finally out of the out of the Montreal Canadiens. This was Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari's first game in the lineup. We got Ryan O'Reilly, who's wearing number 90. I believe that was his number in St. Louis. So looks good. Nolachari rocking number 52. I'm good with that. And we got that lineup was already in there. Uh, Joseph Wohl got a start in that game. He played pretty good. He made 29 saves on 30 shots. I thought he was pretty solid. So that's a good win for him. And Ryan O'Reilly did pick up an apple in his first game. Uh, excuse me. Oh, oh my God. You know what's the most annoying thing? So Toronto wins that game 5-1. to one. Do you want to know who scored that one goal for the Montreal Canadiens? I'll give you a second. Go ahead. Say his name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you know it was. Josh Anderson, a fucking course. Of course that guy scored. Oh my goodness, that guy is so... Ah, like, mm, every time that guy scores, it. I think when he scores, it pisses me off more than when Marshawn scores on the Leafs. Like, I don't... I just absolutely cannot stand Josh Anderson because he's so damn invisible every other game and then he just becomes an all-star against the Leafs. Drives me nuts. And speaking of driving me nuts, the Leafs did lose a game this week against the Chicago Blackhawks. Patty Kane scores a hat trick in that game. He gets an assist, four points, and Max Domi had a great game. So just a double fuck you, like every Leaf thing. So Patrick Kane has been a little bit salty lately that he didn't get traded to the New York Rangers. And I don't. he hasn't come out and said that he had any interest in the Toronto Maple Leafs, but obviously Patrick Kane had some had some linkage to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, of course, everyone's going to be like, oh, what if Patrick Kane gets to play with Austin Matthews, two American-born players? That would be amazing. But Leafs went out and got Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari instead. So looks like Patrick Kane is off the table. So let's just talk about Patrick Kane for a little bit, all right? So Patrick Kane, there's a – I don't know, man – some people are still high on Patrick Kane. So obviously, I don't know why I said obviously. I just, that's my, that's one of my words that I cannot stop saying when I podcast. But Patrick Kane puts up the hat trick. He looks, he looks like Patrick Kane against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just dusted us. Looked great. A lot of really nice looking goals as well. Making um, just what people would call a, a smart goal scorer's goal. So Patrick Kane looks motivated. He looks angry. So that's good. And I think... That's been a big problem with him this year is just a lack of motivation. But again, you can't blame him. He's playing for the Chicago Blackhawks this year. They're dog shit. They're terrible. But 
is Patrick Kane done? Some people think that, yeah, he is done, and it would be a not good idea to pick him up and pay a lot for this guy to bring him in. And a lot of people don't think that he would be able to bring that element to a team. And I think they're wrong. I think Patrick Kane would absolutely bring a lot to, if a team picks him up, I think the price is pretty low right now. It went up. It obviously went up a little bit. There's an obviously again. But it definitely went up a little bit after that four-point game where he looked so good. He looked like the old Patrick Gaines. So people are going to be more interested now. And I think the only team that really makes sense at this point would be the Dallas Stars. They could use that that fucking extra punch on the offensive side. That would be a really good piece to add for them. I don't really know how the money would work out or what Dallas would have to give up, but a lot of people think that Dallas could be on the table for him, and I like that fit. I think that would be a really cool fit. That's where I think he can go. I mean, people still think that the Rangers are still on the table for him, that people think that the Leafs are still on the table, and maybe New Jersey, but New Jersey is very interested in Timo Meyer. That's basically a done deal, I would think, unless the Boston Bruins sweep in and and steal him away, which they very well could, and I'd be immensely pissed off, but we'll talk about that in a minute. What am I talking about? Uh, I'm talking about Patrick Kane. There you go. Okay, so I think Patrick Kane, again, he would bring a really good element to a team. I think he should, um, at this point, I think he should take a swing at one of the Western teams. The West is wide open. We'll take a look at how wide open it is right now. But Dallas looks like one of the stronger teams in the West. So that could be a really good fit for him. I don't think the price would be very, very much, depending on how much Chicago retains and... I mean, they would have to retain 50%, but maybe they pull off a deal similar to the Leafs and they get a third team in there and then you retain on that as well. So that is that is potentially on the, on the table out there. Patrick Kane hasn't really come out and dedicated himself to a move if he wants to move this year, if he wants to stay with the Chicago Blackhawks, but... I mean, at least it was it was really fun to watch him uh, do his thing against the Toronto Maple Leafs, even though they lost, and it was pretty embarrassing, and I don't like to see the, the Leafs losing to bottom-feeding teams, and yes, they do have a pretty weak record against those bottom-feeding teams. I think they're like, they're under, they're at like NHL 500, but in my books, they're under 500. They're like 4-4-2 four, four, and two or something against those bottom-feeding teams, and when you compare that to Tampa Bay, who is like basically undefeated, and Boston, who again is basically undefeated against those teams, it makes people upset. And I understand that because it's been a, a consistent issue with the Toronto Maple Leafs where their lack of effort hasn't been there in those games. And I don't think that their lack of effort hasn't been there in those games. I just think that they maybe change the game plan a little bit, go a little offensively heavy, but... Yeah, I mean, it's never nice to see the the Leafs losing to those bottom-feeding teams. You know, they're picking up their first win against the Montreal Canadiens, and losing to Chicago this year is never a good time. Look at the Calgary Flames. I stopped talking to the Calgary Flames because they lost to Chicago twice, and um, I'm still talking to the Leafs even though they lost to Chicago. But I think that was mostly just Patrick Kane being pissed off and... That's fine with me. I would like to see him get moved just for the sake of that being really interesting. It would be super boring if they end up keeping both Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves because that has come out that Jonathan Taves is not going to be on the move this this trade deadline. So that's fairly disappointing. I mean, I was really hoping that he would go to Winnipeg. I thought that would be super key. He's from Winnipeg or something. He's from Manitoba. 
that would be a really nice addition for the Winnipeg Jets, who are kind of struggling right now. They would get a really great leader, defensive-minded guy, and I think in a playoff run, Jonathan Daves could still bring uh, something, but apparently not. He's come out and said that he's still dealing with the effects of long COVID, which that sucks ass, man, and he's still dealing with that autoimmune deficiency something like that so he's not going to be dealt and i mean i have to give respect for jonathan Taves to come out and say that and you know just admit that he's dealing with shit and i don't want to be traded because i won't be an asset for whatever team i'm I'm going to so i think that's just the right thing to do so good for jonathan Taves. i mean i really just want this guy to be healthy i mean i really i like jonathan Taves. he's just a good ass player man and i just want him to be able to play the game that he loves so uh get better jonathan taves so that that's that's upsetting that he won't get traded but um uh what else should i talk about with the leafs i think we're fairly done with the leafs uh their game the other night against freaking buffalo we talked about that quite quite enough so yeah but oh well one thing out of that out of that buffalo game that i should mention that first period was quite possibly the best first period that the Toronto Maple Leafs have played this season. They took their foot off the gas pedal a bit. They still came out with the win, which I think normally, you know, a season or two ago, even last season, that would have been a game that I wouldn't have feel felt comfortable with not watching. And the other night when they went up, man, like even if it was against the Buffalo Sabres, who are fairly, they're very strong offensively, right? I felt very comfortable when they were up 4 nothing, Even when Buffalo started making the comeback, I was completely comfortable that they were going to hold on to that lead. And honestly, last year, I wouldn't have felt comfortable, even with a four-goal lead. They've blown those two often. And now, I think for the first time ever, I feel comfortable when the Leafs have a lead, which is not very that's a new feeling and i'm kind of just feeling that right now that is weird Uh, i felt comfortable for the first time like i wasn't watching intently and when one goal went in i wasn't like oh boy here it comes now i did say yes i didn't like that they got three goals and some of those goals like the the jeff skinner goal that was just a weak goal for samsonov he wasn't looking all that good in the game but uh that first period man was phenomenal chef's kiss i mean really amazing first period of hockey they absolutely dominated the buffalo sabers mitch marner was still in his all-star mode which is great i mean the guy is just on a different level of confidence right now the passes that he are do he's doing right now are just next level it's literally you're watching the globetrotters in that it was amazing dude so just watch the highlights if, if you haven't already watched the game and the highlights i mean those passes were stupid i was laughing i i mean it was stupid it was it was a good time it was like watching an old ex- exhibition game or a harlem globetrotters game and it was um it was a treat now i was a little disappointed just because i was ex- i was hoping for a really fun competitive game because that's kind of what the sabers have been this year but the leafs kind of caught caught the sabers in a lull a little bit of a lull does that make sense uh the sabers have been struggling a little bit lately and um yeah the leafs just kind of fucking destroyed them in that first period but yeah i mean like i said last year that would be a game i was nervous about but last night no 
Not not even not even a little bit of a sweat, not even a consoin. So that is really good. That is something new that I've been experiencing. And is that how you're feeling out there, Leaf fans? Are you feeling comfortable now with a lead? Is is this the first time that you've ever felt comfortable with a lead? Like I think it is for me, and the first time in a long time I've felt comfortable with the lead. So that is really kidu. I really like that. And yeah, I wanted it to be a fun game, but in a, over a fun competitive game, but it was still a fun game for Leaf fans because goddamn that was an ass whooping okay and now i think we're done with the Leafs for a little bit let's talk about some of the other news going on around the league so tyler mott was traded back to the rangers i believe they gave up a fourth or something like that it didn't cost them very much but tyler mott coming back to the rangers they traded for him last year and he was a very very effective piece uh, for them in the playoffs so really just a nice move i imagine rangers fans are very excited to see tyler mott back for them they gave up no sorry they gave up julian gauthier and a fourth or a seventh like that anyway it's a it's a smart move for the rangers bring back a familiar guy who had a great run with them last year it's a good gamble and it didn't cost them all that much i mean goche was um I mean, he's still, I don't know, he's not that young anymore. He's like 25 years old, so it doesn't look like he's going to become what they thought they were drafting. So it is what it is. He goes to Ottawa, so maybe with a little bit of a French connection, maybe he can, he can hook up with Claude Giroux, and maybe there's going to be some magic there for the Ottawa Senators. So good trade for the Rangers. Ottawa gets a young-ish forward and another pick. So yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's fine. Now, when it comes to some of the other guys that are out there this season that are still out there in the trade market, we got the big fish. The big guy that's still out there is Timo Meyer, and I guess Eric Carlson's out there. So everyone's waiting to see what the hell San Jose is going to do. Are they going to move one or both of these guys? I mean, they kind of have to move Timo Meyer, right? He's the bell of the ball right now. And I think they're just kind of waiting out to maximize their gain because right now, like I said, it's... If Eric Carlson's not the bell of the ball, then Timo Meyer definitely, definitely is. So there's a few teams that are allegedly in on him. So the Leafs are basically priced out. I don't think they have the assets to acquire him unless they're talking about like future first, which are always risky. So I just don't think they're going to have it. So the favorite right now is the New Jersey Devils. And I think, oh man, that would just be... I I really I would much rather him go to near New Jersey or preferably yo go to Winnipeg or something that would be even better. But New Jersey seems to be the team in charge right now on the Timo Meyer, and I don't know what the assets are going to be for that. But the the New Jersey Devils definitely have the assets. They got picks. They got young prospects. But what is it going to cost to get Timo Meyer? It's definitely going to be a, a big ticket. It's going to be pretty big. It's going to be more than Tarasenko. And uh, as long as Boston doesn't get him, I'm totally happy. I'm sad that the Leafs aren't going to get him. But again, I think Dubas made the right thing. It's better to have two guys instead of one. I think it makes the most sense. But the big question is, will San Jose let uh, teams start talking to Timo Meyer when it comes to contract extensions? And I, I hope so, because why not? I mean, if you you have no plans on keeping Timo Meyer, and if you can get a team... Uh, confident enough, you know, you get your price laid out and then you let him talk and let them figure out a contract and you can get as much 
back for him as possible. You won't get as much back for Timo Meyer if he's going to be a rental, which I don't think any team is all that interested in doing, having him as a rental. He's a great player. He's a phenomenal player, in fact. So a lot of teams would really like him to be um, a guy on the team for a long time. And there is one thing that is floated out there that I do not like. Um but kind of like it's an interesting thought so the thought of the Bruins getting Timo Meyer is if they get Timo Meyer they can sign him long term that could be the replacement for David Pasternak so the Bruins aren't with the Bruins they don't know yet so David Pasternak is not signed yet and it's going to be a lot it's going to be a shitload of money and the Bruins don't usually give out a shitload of money and I don't know if they're fully committed to David Pasternak. Personally, I think they'd be crazy not to give him whatever he wants. He's one of the best goal scorers in the game right now. He's an amazing player. And um, there's potential that maybe they pick up Timo Meyer, and that could be the replacement for David Pasternak if they're not confident that he's going to re-sign with them and he's just going to walk, um, which he could. He could very well just walk and get a, if he really wants to get a lot of money, like Panarin money, he could just walk to free agency and make like $13 million if he wants to. But if he stays with the Bruins, he's he's going to have to do the Bruin thing and take a pay cut. And uh, I don't know if David Pasternak necessarily wants to do that. So if they can get Meyer, they'll be able to convince him more than likely on a, on a fair deal, something like eight and a half, nine million dollars. And yeah, that would be a totally Bruin thing. And Timo Meyer kind of screams Bruin, like big fucking goal scoring power forward. He would be an incredible Bruin as much as I hate to say that. So again, I pray that the Bruins don't get him because I don't want him and uh, I don't want the Leafs dealing with Timo Meyer on the regular. So uh, let's just keep him preferably. I would like him to stay in the West. Um, underdog team I would like is Winnipeg to take him. That would be amazing. I think that would be dope for them. Winnipeg could really use it right now. They're they're kind of in a bit of a struggle. So if you add in a big fucking power forward, he would be a great compliment to Dubois. And uh, he could be a nice replacement for Dubois. I know he's not a center, but Dubois is basically as good as gone. According to most people, he's just going to go to Montreal. That's what he wants. So we'll see. I don't know. I think if I would stay if I were Dubois, he's doing really well over there. So... We'll see. I don't know. We don't know what the future is going to be with Dubois just yet, but he's more than likely going to be a have. That's what he wants. So it's probably going to happen. So where do you guys think Timo Meyer is going to end up? I don't think he's going to remain a San Jose Shark. That just doesn't make any sense unless uh, they decide they want to keep him. They can re-sign him with their money and then trade him away in the offseason. But I think at this point, teams like Boston, teams like New Jersey are looking at teams in their divisions, like the Leafs picking up Ryan O'Reilly. That's got the Bruins with their eyebrows raised. They're like, oh shit, the Leafs are doing stuff. And Tampa Bay are probably looking over there like, oh shit, the Leafs are doing stuff. So the Leafs are building up a team over there that are hopefully going to be taking out one of, if not both, Tampa Bay or Boston. And uh, Boston hasn't made a move yet. So they could, uh, they could, I don't know if they're confident enough in their team to uh, not make a move. They could pick up depth. They may not go for the bell of the ball, but they're known to do that. And so is Vegas. So I also have Vegas. They could also be picking up a Timo Meyer. They just, they put uh, Mark Stone on LTIR. So they have a shitload of money available. Will they do it again? Will they just give up more young players and more picks to get Timo Meyer over there? And then, oh my God, who even knows how much 
how much problems that's going to cause them in the future, but the fuck it, why not? It would be the most Vegas thing to just go out and get them and just pay whatever it takes. And why not? Pick up Eric Carlson while you're at it. Like, oh man, can you imagine Vegas picking up both of them? Carlson's been linked to Vegas before, so oh, that would be so crazy. I kind of want it to happen, but where do y'all think Timo Meyer and or Eric Carlson's going to end up? I think that would be, for the sakeness of fun, I want Vegas to pick them both up in a two, <laughs> pick them both up. That would be so much fun. So there's that. And there's another player that the Bruins are allegedly in on, and that is Vladislav Gavrikov. So uh, Gavrikov is one of the few players that have been taking, taken out of the lineup for trade reasons, and it appears that the Bruins are in on him, but they need to make another move to clear up some salary. So... It looks like they're going to be picking up Gavrikov, which is a good good move for them. I mean, he, he he's another player that screams Boston, just a big physical defenseman. I hope they overpay for him and he doesn't yield any results. That would be amazing. I would really, really like that to happen. So you go ahead, Boston, pay a first, a second, and a first. Or I think, fuck, what was, I, I heard the ask. I think the ask is a first, a third, and a fourth or something like that for Gavrikov, which is astronomical. That is such an overpayment. And I hope Boston pays that price. That would be fantastic and it looks like they may be interested in doing that so Gavrikov is another guy that is drawing a lot of interest <clears throat> in the trade market and obviously the Jacob Chikrin saga continues another guy that was taken out of the lineup for trade reasons and I really thought that he was traded I thought he was going to get traded to LA but that hasn't happened yet so uh LA might be out on the Chikrin thing and it might be the Chikrin thing might not even happen this year man I don't know if teams are are going to go after him. I really thought LA was going to do it, but it could necessarily, it may not even be a playoff team, right? It could be, uh, it appears that Ottawa is out. Boston apparently has sniffed around at it. I don't like the sounds of that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I'm not even 100% sure if he's going to get traded this year still, because he's still got two years on his deal after that. So Columbus, or um, Arizona could still play, pay, wait patiently. And if the price uh, is not what they want, and they're not getting the deals that they're looking for. They could just wait and get better stuff at the draft or in the offseason when there's more uh, money available and more uh, room and stuff like more, uh, yeah, maneuverability for teams in the offseason. So Jacob Chikrin is still a question mark. Do you think this guy is going to get traded? I mean, it's been what? a year and a half two years now that the chikrin thing has been going on and on and on and he's still not moved so i don't know i i la would be a really good fit for him that would make a lot of sense for them but is the asking price from for that a, a clark or a byfield from la and at this point those two appear to be untouchable so not really sure but i think there is a oh man there there is a blockbuster trade there between arizona and um LA just waiting to happen. I mean, if LA could pick up a Chikrin and a Vilmelka, oh my goodness, that would be that would be huge for them. That would really put them on the map in the West with a move that big because that would that would fix their shitty goaltending problems and that would help even more with their defense and offense because Chikrin provides that as well. So that is potentially a massive blockbuster deal that maybe comes out, but what would that asking price be? I mean, Arizona would be 
dumb not to ask for a Byfield or a Clark in that deal and LA at this point is not willing to do it but oh man that would be a huge move if I was playing the video game that would be a move I would do if I was LA because Vimelka looks like an absolute stud if you can get Arizona to take on that Cal Peterson deal somehow or it would more than likely be quick because that's it he's only got one more year Cal Peterson oh geez he's got like three more years on that deal and he just looks terrible so he's out there. You still got guys like Shane Goss to spare who could be potentially a, t- uh, uh, what do you call it? A Kirkland brand, Eric Carlson, John Klingberg could still get moved out there. Luke Shen, uh, he got pulled out of the game uh, the other day and it looked like he was going to get traded and the Leafs were playing. I was like, oh, I thought, oh man, I really want him so bad to be a Leaf. I want it so bad, but I don't know if he's going to, where he's going just yet. Uh, JVR, James Van Riemsdyk, uh, interesting player out there that could maybe be a, a Carolina fit. He, he's definitely not as good as Pacioretty, but he's a veteran. He's got over 600 points in the NHL, a lot of experience. So maybe Carolina can go after a guy like JVR if they're not in on Timo Meyer. Uh, Max Domi, another guy out there that could potentially be moved. Brock Besser, another name that's interesting that potentially could be moved as well. Goaltenders, I mean, James Reimer. I'm surprised no one's come uh, knocking at James Reimer's door. I haven't heard much about him. And then John Gibson. Is this guy ever going to get out of Anaheim? I don't think any... I haven't really heard anything. I haven't heard John Gibson has not even said that he wants out of of Anaheim, which is amazing. I mean, good for him. What, what a trooper if he's going to stick it out with them. So what do you guys think? Do you think any or all of those guys are going to get moved? If I was a team, honestly, I would be looking at a Shane Gossespierre over Eric Carlson, but... There's potential that Shane Gossespierre would cost you more than Eric Carlson. A lot of what Eric Carlson is is taking on that contract. But, man, he's playing really, really good, man. Eric Carlson, it looks like he's back. But is that just San Jose putting him in the best situation possible? Or is Eric Carlson actually back? I don't know. Maybe another team's going to find out. I would really like Vegas to find out just because that would be chaos and that would be a lot of fun. So if you want, hit me up on Twitter or send me an email. Let me know where any or if any of these guys are going to get moved. I would love to know. And we got a uh, pretty devastating news out of the New York Islanders. You got Matt Barzell potentially out for the season, and that is a massively devastating blow for a team that made the massive move for Bo Horvat. And um, yeah, that's uh, really not good for the Islanders. They're still in the race for the wild card. They're in there. They're in a playoff spot right now. We'll talk about the wild card in just a second, but that is devastating news for the Islanders, man. So apparently the word is uh, they're playing is to keep Barzell out for what they what he needs to be out for at minimum see if the team can still uh stay afloat and it looks like they're not so if they don't stay afloat and they start falling out they're gonna shut him down but if they can keep winning they might bring him back but i think he's probably dunyan rings for the season and that could very well be dunyan rings for the islanders they could be toast so that is devastating news for the islanders and just a very untimely uh injury to a very important player to the team so i mean thankfully they picked up horvat right but he has been ice for the last few games here let me just um let me just look up his stats i just saw them the other day and he was not putting up anything and i was like oh no that doesn't look good so 
Uh, well, shut my mouth. He got a goal and assist just the other night, so I'll shut my mouth. He did get nothing there for three games straight, so there you go. They lost to Ottawa, they beat Pittsburgh, they lost to Boston, they beat Pittsburgh. Wow, what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus, Pittsburgh's having a rough time. So... I mean, yeah, that's really shitty for Barzal to be out for the whole, potentially the whole season. I don't, it has, they haven't announced that he's out for the whole season, but it's, it's out there that he is uh, very potentially out. So with that said, let's go take a look at the wild card race right now. It is pretty crazy. So in the East, you got the Islanders in the top wild card spot with 65 points. You got Florida Panthers right behind him, 64 points. Pittsburgh is still hanging in there somehow, 63 points. Thankfully, they just got Tristan Jari back recently, so that's going to help them out a lot. They really needed him, but DeSmith has actually been playing pretty decently, so I don't know. And then Detroit has decided to just come back from the dead. I thought they were toast, but they're right back in the playoff hunt, 62 points. And Washington, uh, they've really been struggling recently, so... Uh, they have been without Ovi. They just got Tom Wilson back, and apparently Ovi may be coming. He just got back from Russia, so he could potentially be in the next game for the Washington Capitals, and they need him bad, man. So if they get their lineup back, you got Wilson hopefully back healthy this time. He scored the other night, so that's good. Capitals are still in there. Buffalo is not dead. And Ottawa, 58 points. Buffalo at 60. I mean, it's all up for grabs, right? I mean, holy shit. Florida won't go away, and... Um, yeah, it's pretty much down to uh, the wild card. Uh, you got the Rangers in third place at 75 points, and then Tampa Bay at 75 points. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Detroit is not catching up to Tampa Bay. So I think those top three spots look like they're solidified. Rather, Tampa takes over Toronto. Um, New Jersey... I mean, the Rangers have been hot. They've been super hot. So I would say the Metro isn't necessarily solidified just yet. Uh, Carolina has a good lead over the New Jersey Devils, 84 points. New Jersey has 79, but Jersey's been really hot. New York has been hot, and Carolina's been hot. The Metro's been hot, baby, really hot. And uh, So, yeah, which team right now do you think is going to make it? I mean, that massive blow to the Islanders. I mean, very interested to see how they're going to be able to if they can hang on to that wild card spot, it's all up for grabs, man. This is actually going to be a really exciting uh, run to the playoffs for those wild for that wild card spot in the East. I mean, fuck, I don't know, man. It's really hard to bet against Crosby. I wouldn't. I don't want Pittsburgh to miss, but if they get in there, I feel like they're just going to get taken out in the first round anyway. So, like, I don't know, man. I don't. Oh. I don't remember what my picks were, but I'm just going to go with whatever my picks were uh, back in the day. But I would love to hear which team do you think is going to make it in there. Are the Islanders going to be able to, t to stay in there? Is Florida going to get the goaltending that they need to be able to remain in there? And Pittsburgh, can they stay healthy and get it going? And Detroit, is the, is the young momentum going to take them over the top? Dylan Larkin has been ridiculous. He is playing for that money. He is trying to stay in Detroit. But, man, he got a little bit of that sprinkle of the Mitch Marner dust, and he has been on fire. So And Detroit's been on fire. They just won't stop winning. And uh, he can't. it's really hard to count out Washington either. They got Ovechkin. But I feel like Washington is probably my the least favorite, I would say. Uh, I don't like their chances. Buffalo still has numerous games in hand over them. So I would say the Washington Capitals right now have a pretty not good chance of making the playoffs. Detroit, I mean, um, yeah, Detroit and Pittsburgh both have four games in hand over Florida and New York. So, mm, 
I would really like Pittsburgh and Detroit to make it. That would be a lot of fun. So those are the two teams I think are going to make it. And when it comes to the West, oh, Jesus, what do we got going on here? Just an absolute open field for all the teams, man. Top team in the West right now, Dallas Stars, 72 points. And uh, the wild card is at 67 points. The Minnesota Wild hold the second wild card spot. Oh, it does not look good for the Flames, doesn't look good for Nashville, and I would say St. Louis, Vancouver, Arizona, San Jose, Chicago, and Anaheim are all done. Uh, St. Louis just sold off the farm, Vancouver sold off the farm, and could potentially sell off more. Uh, Flames, man, they are just a continue to spin wheels. I don't know what they're doing over there at this point. I would just fire Sutter. It's time. Fire Sutter, there's really not much more to say about that. you got to fire them. Or if... If you, if you want to have a chance at the playoffs this year, if you continue with Daryl Sutter this season, you're just going to continue being a win-one, lose-one team. And at this point, they're starting to win-one, lose-two. So they're, they're just not going anywhere. They haven't made any trades. They really haven't done anything. I mean, we're not talking about off-season. Just during this season, they really haven't made any impactful trades. So uh, I don't really feel good about Calgary or Nashville making it into the playoffs. I feel like it just comes down to positioning with the West. I mean, Colorado, Stanley Cup defending champions could overtake Dallas and Winnipeg. Winnipeg has been struggling hard. Vegas has been skydiving out. And yeah, at this point, Edmonton apparently... Uh, they could do something crazy. They could be the team that goes nuts and gets Patrick Kane and or Eric Carlson. So at this point, I feel like someone's got to take their shot and uh, go for it when it comes to the West. Because at this point, from Minnesota, Edmonton, Seattle, LA, Vegas, Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, I think they all have a really strong chance of coming out of the West. So one of them's got to make a move. The Easter's making moves. Because it's going to be a battle over there in the East. And oh my goodness, man. The the playoffs and the road to uh, the playoffs are going to be nuts. But I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, Detroit, make it. And honestly, at this point, I don't have any more faith in the Calgary Flames. I don't think they're making it. It's going to be the ones that are in there now. I think Minnesota and Edmonton hang on. Edmonton, I think, is going to climb up. They're going to be probably like they they could get first place for all i know they got connor mcbaby on there and connor mcbaby is already past 100 points it's insane what's he at now 105 points get the fuck out of here get the hell out of here connor mcdavid wow my oh my gonna hold on oh my god 58 games connor mcdavid has 44 goals 61 assists 105 points i just threw up in my mouth a little bit that is horrifying oh God, he is good, man. How many points do you think Connor McDavid? I think it's I think he's easily cracking 130 this year, man. If not 140, he's oh yeah. But the question now is, will he get 60 goals? The pace that he's on, I see. Why not? He's only 16 away. 16 away. He's got 30 games. Wait, uh, no, like 20 something, 20 some odd games. I think he's doing it. I think he's gonna hit 60. I think just just to shit on on Austin Matthews, McDavid is gonna finish with. 61 goals so there you go i think that is going to be the show for this week everybody thank you so much for listening we'll be back on saturday with the with the wrestling recap you can go back and check out um monday was a big day that was a two-day podcast day so the elimination chamber review is up on monday and you can go back and listen to the gx gamer cast episode where i took a look 
at the PlayStation 5. So I went through um, what I thought about that system. And um, yeah, just go over there and give it a listen. Then you'll find out what I think about it. So there you go. I don't know what uh, GamerCast I'm going to do this Monday, but be on the lookout on Twitter. I might make an announcement on there if you follow me over there. So if you want to do that, that would be great. There's a link down below that you can follow. And you can also go check out my YouTube channel doing uh, The Wolf Among Us right now over there, playing that. Double uploads on Saturday and then every other day. So five episodes per week. And always just check out on the YouTube channel. Sometimes I'll just throw up a random video of some other game that I'm playing. And yeah, it's a good time. Go check it out and uh, leave a comment, all that great stuff. And we'll be be back again soon with uh, more of these podcasts. And I hope you're enjoying it. And uh, follow along with the podcast, all that great stuff. Subscribe on YouTube and Don't forget, you can always leave me a comment, send me an email, anything like that. If you have a question for the podcast, hockey, wrestling, or video game related, you can hit me up with a question. And if it's appropriate and everything and you want me to answer it live on the show, I'll answer it for you on the show. And and yeah, you can interact with the show and it'll be a lot of fun. So thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back again soon. Go Leafs go. Ryan O'Reilly, baby. Oh my God.